Welcome into another edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and today we're going to get into a lot of stuff. But first of all, let's plug our Twitter handles like usual. You can follow me at Twitter at uh, Vaughn underscore Lozon. Colin, my co-host, into my right, where can they find you? Doesn't really matter. I haven't gained any followers due to this podcast, <laughs> just to be fair. But, but just so I can You're say, gain I gave it up. It's Cullen underscore, underscore Logston. Can I please get some followers from the podcast? Yeah, on? please follow Cullen. He is a good follow. I'm so close to 400. You're close to 400. All right. I'm hoping we can get that. Andy. My, my, my. Twitter handle is at uh, Andy underscore McDonald 23. And I would also like some more followers. Let's get some more followers, folks. Always can use them. Get those followers going. <laughs> but first... We're going to talk some World Series because uh, the last time that we were here, the World Series was still ongoing. We still had Game 6 and Game 7 to go, and those games were uh, among the best World Series games that I've ever seen, especially Game 7. I would say that that is the best baseball game of any circumstance <laughs> that I have ever witnessed. Just yep. everything that went on from the leadoff home run to the good pitching that wasn't good from Corey Kluber. You thought mm-hmm. that it would be good. Andrew Miller. He didn't pitch that well. Araldis Chapman, he pitched awful, probably the worst that he's pitched in a Cubs uniform. You thought that those guys would be lights out, but they weren't. They were giving up a bunch of hits. Araldis Chapman gave up the two-run home run in the eighth inning. That almost uh, sealed the deal for Cleveland. Uh, That tied the game at six, and then um, obviously Chapman came out not too long after that. Uh, But the rain delay came into effect. It was a (coughs) 17-minute rain delay. Um, after the ninth inning, and I was pretty surprised that they even put the tarp on the field just because the rain, it didn't look like the rain was that bad. I didn't think that they would have had to do something like that. Like, Colin, you being a Cubs fan, what was going through your head when you saw that tarp going on the field? Well, I was actually at the bar with my buddies at that time, ready for the skiing to be over. And of course, <laughs> something, and hey, it, the, what the weather was showing the radar was it could be there for at least an hour. I'm like, this game's never going to end. It's going to yeah. be like 2 a.m. My team's going to lose late when I'm half asleep, and it's just going to be the worst night ever. But uh, it didn't turn out like that. It was a surprise. It did not turn out like that because after the rain delay, the Cubs' bats started getting going. Kyle Schwarber let off the inning with a single. Anthony Rizzo followed that uh, with another hit of his own. And then Ben Zobris came up with the uh, clutch RBI double to to get Schwarber in. Rizzo got to third, and, uh, and then... The Miguel, catcher, Miguel Montero, Miguel Montero bad, bad, bad the backup him. of the backup catcher, yep. uh, hit in the actual game-winning uh, RBI single because Cleveland ended up scoring in the, the bottom of the 10th after Rajay Davis hit another RBI single. He Ugh. was clutch in that Game 7 as well. Um, is this the best Game 7, best World Series you guys have ever seen? Oh, definitely. I, I definitely. have to say so. I, I think it might be one of the best baseball games, if not the best baseball game I've ever seen. Baseball I, really needed this. It did. They needed this. I think the last few years it's been boring. You're, you've been losing the younger generation to more exciting sports like basketball and football. Yeah. This got this brought back the love of the game for so many that grew up with baseball and loved it. Two traditional teams, two huge fan bases, especially the Cubs. Two teams that haven't won in anyone's lifetime, pretty much. Yeah. Except for very few older people. Um, just such a great game. All the hype that came with it. I think it even surpassed that with yeah, how great yeah. Game Six and Game Seven were. Yeah. Um, just unbelievable. I I wasn't it like climbing the ratings too wasn't it like one of the highest major league baseball games ever It watched? was the highest I think it was the highest game for the Chicago Cubs 
of all time. The most oh, watched oh, Cubs game had to be had to of all time. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, in the Chicago area. Oh, no, that 1908 game probably got serious ratings, though. Yeah. <laughs> For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. But, uh, but, yeah, the ratings were huge. Uh, they surpassed the NFL ratings from that week, obviously. I mean, this was one of the most anticipated World Series of all time, if not the most anticipated, just because of what Colin pointed out, the uh, the drought from both of them, 1908. And then the uh, early to mid-50s for Cleveland. 40s. It was like 47. Was the 40s? 19, I think 1948 was the year. It had been, what, 70-something years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so which is crazy. It's been a long time for them, too. Um, we'll see if they can get back on track next year. Uh, they're still going to have that amazing pitching. Um, but what, what was your guys' favorite moment, whether it was – Something within the series, uh, just Game 7 as a whole, or something after? What was your guys' favorite moment? I mean, I definitely, I, I think that Rajay Davis's moment was pretty sweet when it happened. Yeah, when he, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, not if you're a Cubs fan, it wasn't. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, seriously, this is a baseball fan watching that game. I honestly really didn't care who won the game. I just wanted to see a good game. Mm-hmm. And watching that game, that was awesome to see that happen. And then he came back up again in the bottom of the 10th, was it, and got yep. another hit to almost bring him back and tie it. So, I mean, he... Played a heck of a game, so he gave me some good moments. But I, I don't know, just just the Cubs winning that as a whole was awesome. Just to see Chicago respond the way that it did, it was sweet. And just I think it was it definitely something needed to happen for them. But just to see something happen like this for baseball was great because I'm a I'm a huge baseball fan, and to see actual excitement around like everybody. I mean, it was blowing up on social media, obviously, and everything. Everybody was watching it. You don't see that with pretty much any other game the rest of the season. So yep, I just I just think Chicago winning that was just probably my favorite moment. Obviously, you guys know I'm such a diehard Cubs fan. <laughs> I had envisioned that final out my entire life, what it would be like. And when it finally happened, the ground ball, I see Chris Bryant running up smiling. I just, I dropped, I literally dropped to my knees, and I was like, this is it. And he threw it, and I fell down, and I, I cried. I literally cried. I called my dad. We, we shared a special moment together. That's awesome. It was just unreal. Because I never shared this, but when I, when I was born 24 years ago, my dad's first words to me were, son, the Cubs may not win the World Series in my lifetime, but I pray they win it in yours. And they did. Like, it's it unbelievable. Awesome. Called him. What'd he was crying on the say? phone. Oh, he was crying, too. He's like, this is the greatest day of my life. I never thought I'd see this. That's amazing. Reminded me of what he said to me when I was first born. He's, yeah. like, he's like, they did it both our lifetimes. And it was just such a special what, moment. What happened to your confidence, honestly, when they when they blew that 6-3 to three lead? Like, what? I was like, the I curse is back. The curse is back. Yeah. We, we're not destined to win it. We're obviously the better team. But our, somehow our, our amazing closer is going to blow this in the eighth inning. And I, at that point, I did think it was over. I was like, I, we're not, we're not was destined unreal to win. To me. I, I thought so too, just because of all of the baffling <laughs> calls that Joe Madden had in that game. He I did thought not that, have a good game. Oh no, goodness. he did not. He brought in Chapman way too early. Lester bringing they, in that situation too was not good. With the guy in base. I thought bringing Lester in was fine. Not with a guy in base for a starting pitcher. I still think it was okay, just because I know that Lester is always cool, calm, and collective, no matter what the situation is. He's always just that guy. He wants to be the most efficient pitcher that he can be, and he was. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. He was the it factor. Uh, Jake Arrieta is another name that comes to mind, but it was John Lester in this series. There's no questioning that. Mm-hmm. So bringing in John Lester wasn't a big problem in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I thought that they should have left him out longer. I thought they brought yeah. in Chapman a little too early. Yes. I with how much brought, he's been used. Yeah, been, especially yes. with how much. saved him for the ninth. He pitched 42 pitches in Game 5. He pitched, uh, I'm not sure how many pitches in Game 6, in but game it was six. in the high 20s. Um, on a reliever, especially a closer, that's a lot. If it was Andrew Miller, it wouldn't have been a problem just because he was a natural-born starter who got mm-hmm. converted to a reliever. That wouldn't have been an issue. But Chapman, thro- especially throwing 100 miles an hour, you yeah. could see it, that he his velocity was down. He was still in like 99, 98 range, which is still incredibly 
fast, but well, and he had for, no control either. For his, his control was way off. The control was, was way off. The speed was a little dipped from what it's uh, normally. So I thought that they they didn't have like the greatest game managing wise, but it still worked out. out. I think my favorite moment was Chris Bryant smiling, getting that, <laughs> that final awesome. out. That's that so was clutch. amazing, <laughs> especially with Chris Bryant being one of my favorite younger players in the league. I love him. I love Bryce Harper. Uh, I love a lot of those those younger guys that are up and coming, and they're going to be the role models for, for the future generation of baseball stars. So mm-hmm. Chris Bryant smiling, getting that final out, falling to his knees, and then Great. getting up and with that Rizzo smile. And then Rizzo put in his back pocket. Rizzo put in the back yeah. pocket. Uh, I, I heard that, that that ball was valued over $2 million, oh, if, yeah, not, if not $3 yeah, million, dollars, I think. Definitely. Not a surprise. It was in a couple million dollars range, but uh, they didn't they didn't sell it, obviously. And what did I tell you before the season? What, what were my predictions before the season? Well, you said uh, the Cubs would win the World Series and Chris Bryant would win the MVP. And who's um, going to win the MVP? Chris Bryant. <laughs> I believe it's going to be Chris Bryant. The other it's, nominees, there's no doubt it's Chris Bryant at this point. The other nominees no are... Um, well, I'm blanking on the nominees right now. Chris Bryant, uh, Chris Corey Bryant, Seager. Chris Bryant. Yeah, basically Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant. Corey Seager is one of the, the other ones. Corey Seager will win Rookie of the Year. There's no yeah, question oh, yeah, that yeah. either. He's not uh, MVP caliber no, yet. No, uh, That'll go to Chris Bryant. Daniel Murphy was the other one. Thank you, Daniel Murphy. Um, but after he had a good lead, season, too, the Cubs but the World Series, there's no it's doubt it's going to be Cri- now, it's going to be Chris Bryant, especially when he was great in Game Six and Seven. Basically, every Cub is going to get the uh, the awards in this postseason. And, and what was so great, it was, it was such a team effort that whole series. You saw in Game oh, yeah. Seven, Dexter Fowler and um, Addison Russell in Game Six and Seven guys that were oh no, Javi Baez in Game Seven. Him and Dexter Fowler were both yep. dreadful in the first six games. Both especially come alive Baez. in Game 7. Especially Baez, and had a big home run, and so did Fowler, And he had the too. two errors in the game, too, defensively. Yeah, yeah. Of course, his offense picked up, and his defense finally went down. Yeah, something has but, to go. But still, <laughs> it was a team effort. It took Schwarber coming back. Yep. Just such a great team. You could tell they were a team of destiny, and I was calling that the whole playoffs. They really were. They mm-hmm. came back from 3-1 with such a young team. Six starters in their uh, regular lineup, all under 24. It's That's incredible. insane. And I think we got a dynasty brewing, honestly. Uh, no, yeah, for sure. keep that club together. Yeah, I mean, how much talent can, they got on it. You, it can really question, be special really. few years. Extremely early World Series prediction. Do they repeat? <laughs> no doubt. Go Cubs, go. <laughs> no doubt. That was a trick question. They're going to get even better next year. They're going to get even better next year. I think, uh, we'll see. I don't know if Dexter Fowler is going to stay. Jason Hamilton. They offered him They offered him the They did offer the qualifying hour offer. He'll want to stay. I'm not sure how much that was. I think it was like it ten was or nine. Some, or yeah, something pretty good 7. for what he's at right now. Yeah, it's pretty good. But uh, but yeah, so it was a very good <coughs> baseball season. Probably the best baseball season overall that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I thought it was amazing. It was great for the sport. Good for the ratings. Good for baseball fans everywhere, and good for Colin Chicago. Cubs. Go Cubs, go. <laughs> go Cubs, go. That'll be the last time that we talk about baseball this year because we're gonna get into America's pastime. <laughs> not really. Um, it's self-proclaimed now. Yes, Football. Yes. So we're going to talk about the Lions now. They had a pretty awesome comeback win again. I feel like I've been saying this all season. Um, they came true. back against Minnesota. They won 22-16 to in overtime. They uh, had to kick a last, literally a last-second field goal to, uh, to tie up the game to force overtime. And then they scored on their first drive. They scored the touchdown with Golden Tate. He flipped into the end zone. I thought it was a little unnecessary, yeah, but uh, yeah. it, it was pretty sweet. Um, it's, all part, his, it's all part of his mantra. It's just how it's he just is. It is. is. That's just how Gold, it's how Golden Tate plays. I'm glad he didn't get flagged for it or anything. That would have just been ridiculous. 
Um, yeah. Especially with all the you know celebration penalties that people get, I thought it was pretty good to see Golden Tate do that and not get penalized for it. Yeah, for sure. I think that they should definitely cut down on that. But going back to the game, um, Stafford again is just the proving to be the most clutch quarterback this season. Um, he led that that huge drive at the end of the game to force overtime. I thought it was really um, really gutsy of him to throw across the middle of the field. Um, to Andre Roberts, I believe it was, who yeah. keeps getting these crazy last-second catches for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know if it's that Marvin Jones is getting covered or Golden Tate. Uh, Roberts doesn't catch. do anything throughout the game. And then he doesn't do anything, and then the, the last minute he just wants to that be the, the last-second hero. Yeah, it was behind him, too. It. I really mean, good he, sliding, dude. It was a very good clutch. sliding very catch. Clutch. They had to run up the field, spike the ball. There was two seconds left. They kicked the field goal, and uh, we all know what happened after that. So after this game... The Vikings are now five and three, um, and the Lions are five and four heading into their bye week. Are they serious contenders in the NFC North now? I, I'd have to say so, just because it's such an average division at this point. I mean, the Lions have disappointed us with some of their losses early in the season, and it's just a repetitive thing and to keep bringing it up because that's that's <clears> what's <throat> keeping them from being in the lead of that division right now. But no, yeah, I think I definitely think they're a serious contender when you got a quarterback like Stafford and the offense clicking the way that it is. This team never seems to be out of a game, no matter like if they're close at the end and there's any time left in the clock, you have confidence that Stafford can get the job done. And no, yeah, I definitely think they're a contender for the NFC North. You're always a contender when you have the best quarterback in the division, which Stafford currently yeah. is. Aaron Rodgers ain't the same this year. I don't nope. know what's wrong with nope. him. You watch the game against the Colts, he's constantly overthrowing wide open Jory Nelson, Randall Cobb. Something's wrong with him, and I'm not complaining. Green Bay's, def- know, Green Bay's, defense, is, Green Bay's awesome. defense is dreadful. Minnesota's offense is dreadful. So I think even though our defense ain't that great, at times they do play very well. Mm-hmm. They do find ways to get stops. Yeah. And Stafford has just balled out this year. Somehow. Even despite Caldwell having horrible game after horrible game, I didn't think he was good on Sunday either. Stafford just keeps him in it. And when you have, when you have a guy competing for an MVP, which he finally is, I think they're the. Fa- I don't think they're not only a contender; they're the favorites right now. You think they're the favorite? And I've heard that from several NFL experts. Even before this last game, I heard they were the favorites. Wow. Look at their schedule. Because the, you can I just mean, tell seriously. Minnesota's decline. I know. Minnesota's once their offense just. Well, totally they fired their offensive coordinator North Turner, and it didn't seem to help them at all. Um, their rushing game was pretty dreadful on Sunday. Ronnie Hillman led their team in rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie Hillman, Hillman. He had like two yeah. carries. He had seven carries for thirty yards. The Lions limited oh. their. Leading rusher to 30 yards. You can tell that Adrian Peterson is having a huge oh, yeah. impact on their uh, offensive, uh, their lack of offensive play, I suppose. And Sam Bradford isn't really uh, helping them all that much either. He's uh, missing wide open guys. There was one on third down, I remember, that he missed a wide open wide receiver. How about that and drop by Cordell Patterson? And the, the drop by Patterson in the end zone, <laughs> yeah, too. That was so That bad. proved to be very huge. Yeah, yeah. It was a good defensive play by Glover Quinn, though, to get there and kind of yeah. you know, create the knocking the ball out of there. But yeah, I mean, their rushing game is obviously lacking because Adrian Peterson's out and their wide receiver, I'm surprised that they haven't tried to use Laquan Treadwell as much as they uh, they have. Right. He got his first catch as an NFL wide receiver this past Sunday. Wow. And in what crazy. is it, week week 10 now? That's crazy. That was, this past one was week pick. 9. That's your a first team that round has pick. no wide receivers. Yeah, it's kind of like the Rams not using Jared Goff at all. Like it, it, It's just stupid. Why would you want to draft someone that you know is going to have an immediate impact in your offense and you don't use them? 
Uh, obviously, something's got to be wrong there. The rushing game, it's been dreadful. Stephon Diggs was the lone star on that offense this past weekend. He had 13 catches, which is probably the most that the Lions have given up all season. That's but a lot. It's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's good to see Eric Ebron, Theo Riddick, back into the swing of things, especially Eric Ebron. He had a career-high 92 receiving yards this past weekend. It's really good. Which is, mm-hmm. He looked incredible. Yeah. And he was targeted another time, but he, he did have one drop. Not a problem in my eyes. No, oh, yeah. I, I mean, we'd all love to see that draft pick turn out, wouldn't we? I mean, <laughs> it was a tenth overall draft pick. I think. So he, I think he finally is. He's, he's figured yeah, out he's the, getting the there. catching he thing. Seems to be playing His a lot better this year. Is very, very high. Yeah. So looking ahead, they play Jacksonville after their bye week this next week, and then they have Thanksgiving against Minnesota. How do you think those two games look for the Lions as of right now? Well, I mean, I I think they could win both of them. I don't see. You why think they both? Could. Yeah, you said Jacksonville, Minnesota, right? Yep, Jacksonville and then Minnesota. And yeah. I'm pretty sure they're both at home. They are. Too. They, yeah, they I, are. I think no problem. They could win both those games. I yeah, mean, they are both at home. If they keep, I mean, I'd prefer they don't make it as close as they keep making it. But I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I like. On paper and the way they're playing right now, I definitely think the Lions could. I, I, it looks like, good, right? It's hard to believe, but I really mm-hmm. think they might be the most complete team in the NFC North right now. The most complete. Complete. Like I'm saying, overall, yeah. together. No, no, no. Yeah, as an offense, like, a defense, yeah, special teams. Yeah, Minnesota has no offense. It seems like Green, I, I, Green Bay's offense isn't clicking that well, and their defense isn't that good. And then the Bears are the Bears. So, I mean, yep. overall, I mean, I really think the Lions might be the best overall team in that division right now, but I definitely think they can win the next two games, Jacksonville and Minnesota. I, I think mean, they can, too. No uh, I think they'll definitely beat Jacksonville. They haven't been Jacksonville's 2-6. They're 2-6. Yeah. They're horrible. They, they always find a way They've been game so too. bad this year. And they almost beat Green win. Bay in week one at home, so that yeah. really proves how bad Green Bay is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll beat Jacksonville. Minnesota, I think they'll be ready to play. Um, yeah. For Thanksgiving at Ford Field, those Thanksgiving game, uh, Day games are always usually pretty good, pretty tight games. Especially that Green Bay won a few years ago when and Dominican Sue had the stomp. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, that was always more fun. recently though. You know, I remember being a kid; they would never win on yeah. Thanksgiving, won, and now won three straight. Yeah, now they're another good Yeah, wins. They're, they're, yeah, because so. yeah, Green Bay, Chicago, and Philly—they won three straight. Yeah, they're killing the Thanksgiving uh, Day games as of late. Um, They'll win the game against Minnesota. You so. think so? I think yeah, so. Minnesota, Minnesota I do. can't score. Yeah, I, it's With crazy. all the hype on Thanksgiving, Stafford will put up big numbers too. A couple of weeks ago, I would have, I would have never thought they would have beat Minnesota. Now I, I, I didn't think, it's think not so. A problem. I, in going into the game, I didn't think they would beat Minnesota. But looking yeah. a little ahead after that, they go to New Orleans. They play the Bears at home. They go to <coughs> New York Giants. They go to Dallas for Monday night, which I don't think they have a chance against them. But then no, they wrap no, up their no. season um, at home against Green Bay. Which I think is going to be a really pivotal game um, in the win. in the division. Yeah, that is going to be a must win. Remember two, huge. two I think years ago when they went to Green Bay when they were uh, one of the best teams in the NFC and they yep. lost and they got the wild card and had to play yep. Dallas and we all know what happened. This might that. might might be one of the biggest crowds for Ford Field if it turns out to be that big of a game. I think it will too, just <laughs> because of the popularity that Green Bay has in Michigan too. Yeah, um, I know a lot of Green Bay Packer fans oh, personally. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad, but uh, <laughs> no. Look, looking at the Lions' schedule, they should win their next four games. I mean, yeah. next four: Jacksonville, think- Minnesota, home at New Orleans. They should also win that, and then at home against Chicago. That's that's a win too. I think the toughest one at the very least. At the very least, I think it's three out of four. I think it, and I think they still yeah. win at New Orleans because they killed them. New Orleans they killed them last year at home. Uh, Chicago has Jay Cutler now. Do you think that that's a big problem? No, not at all. Even though they he lit off Minnesota's defense on Monday Night Football. Minnesota ain't that good anymore, so I don't think... They got a good defense still. True. Uh, still. 
still. They're a little the, banged up, but no. I think they'll turn it around. The, it'll the be a close. Will, it'll be a photo beat, finish. The Lions will beat the Bears. It'll be a photo sure. finish. So moving on to college football now, um, we had a pretty interesting weekend in college football, to say the least. U of M won again by, uh, what, 56 points? Enough. 15, 15, yeah, <laughs> enough. They, they kind of beat a dead horse there in the second half. But they beat Maryland, and then uh, Michigan State lost once again. Oh, they yeah. lost to uh, the Big Ten powerhouse, the uh, Illinois Fighting Lovey Smiths, yeah. as, uh, as Colin <laughs> said a few weeks ago. It's not looking too good for Michigan State. They're not going to be bowl eligible for the first time in, I think, nine years. So in Mark D'Antonio's era. In Mark D'Antonio's era, <laughs> they, they will not be going to a bowl game. Sorry, Michigan State fans. but uh, Pride comes was, before the fall. Pride comes before, it was bound to happen. Uh, U of M's been bowl eligible for about three or four weeks now. So, um, go blue. Um, so, what do you guys think is going to be the most entertaining game between these two games this weekend? We got U of M going to Iowa, who's been pretty good their last few weeks. Uh, and then the battle for the toilet bowl of Michigan State and <laughs> Rutgers. One of them is going to get their first Big Ten win. What's more entertaining? Definitely Michigan-Iowa. Even though Michigan still will blow them out, it's more entertaining because it's actually two decent teams. Because you actually have one great team in that. Yeah. No one wants to yeah. watch two trash teams just play like garbage the whole all I do. afternoon. Yeah, I definitely I do. do. Yep. <laughs> I but sure. I still think Michigan Iowa was more look, entertaining look, at look. night. At night, <laughs> I know. Watching Michigan versus Iowa under Obviously the lights. We're watch that and the, game. Yeah, and the last time U of M went to Iowa and it was under the lights, they got killed. That was in the Denard Robinson era. Yeah, was, I think with I think that was Rich Rod's second year with Some. U of M, second or last year. All they didn't days. do last very time they went to Iowa. Yeah, when it was under the lights. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it was a bad game. Denard Robinson threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember Denard ever playing Nike in there. I remember Tate Forcier playing a Nike game. He came there. in for Tate Forcier. Oh, later it was game. his okay. freshman uh, freshman yep. year, I'm pretty sure. God, but yeah, I want to see Michigan State Rutgers. I want to see who's going to finally win their first Big Ten game. Rutgers has been terrible basically all season. Michigan State at least has a few uh, a few wins, and one of them being... No, they have two. It's not even a few. Well, they got a couple. They <laughs> got a couple. I'm just saying. If we're going to be technical, yes, you are correct. They have a couple wins. They have two wins against Furman. Um, and then new one. No, no one knew. Yeah, and then Notre Dame. And then so. none of the Big Ten. <laughs> I saw a tweet this weekend that said, um, "So <coughs> why weren't we all surprised when Furman or when Michigan State upset Furman?" <laughs> <laughs> upset Furman. <laughs> oh my goodness. But. Oh. No, well, that is who, who tweeted that. Do you remember? Ah, I can't. I can't put this. It's probably Anthony it. Wright. Anthony, Anthony yeah, Wright just yeah, trashes yeah. Michigan State. I, I, I love Anthony Wright. Must follow. He, yeah. He, do Do you follow Anthony Wright? I do. Oh yeah. 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 He's he, played basketball for Michigan. Right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Right. I do follow. Him. He is must uh, follow. But I am curious to see this Michigan State game. Um, they they looked a little better this past weekend against Illinois. But they, Which, they, yeah, I know. Take that as it you was will. against Illinois. Uh, yeah, take it as a grain of salt. But um, I, I, I'm with you. I'm look. I'm, obviously, we're all going to watch the Michigan game, and that's more entertaining. Yeah. It's it's the, the more is, it's the more entertaining game. But I want to see who wins against Michigan State and Rutgers. Michigan beat Rutgers seventy-eight to nothing. I want to see if Rutgers. After that seventy-eight nothing, they almost loss. beat Indiana. Yeah, they did. And Indiana's if, kind if of like they the beat dark Michigan horse State. The oh my! I'm never letting I, my state friends. I want to let that down. Yeah. Never let that down. I want to see it too, just because I honestly want to see who's worse. But and the, state, that is exactly I, I, why. I think Michigan, State will finally end it this week. I, They're not as bad as Rutgers. I saw an article this week that Michigan State is selling tickets starting at six dollars. I saw one game. for five. I actually yeah, saw. I actually saw a video. 
on Twitter where a guy went out of his way to buy a Michigan State Rutgers ticket. He filmed it. He had it in his hand. He crumpled it up and threw it away. Oh he threw goodness. it in the garbage because he. I think the the caption was something along the lines of, "I bought this just so no one has to, uh, so one less person gets to see that awful game." It was something along. The I mean, line that's like less that. than a lawn seat at the single A baseball team, the Whitecaps from my hometown. That's that's unreal to me. Yeah. That a college how do you, how do you go game. from playoff to this? And this to is this. at Michigan yeah, State it, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Michigan State. Like, as a Michigan fan, I, I could not be happier. It's, I don't think any Michigan fan would uh, nine would, would deny two that. And seven. Did you guys watch yeah. the Illinois Michigan State game at all? Yeah, I was. In Arbor. I was. I, was, I, I actually watched the U of M game. So I, I was just in Ann Arbor watching it. I just don't think Michigan State knows how to close out a game. In all seriousness, like no, they, they don't. against the team, well, they like almost that, blew it against Notre Dame. I mean that that George yeah. isn't that uh, Illinois quarterback? <laughs> I believe his last name is George Jeff Senior. George. Yeah, 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 or something Jeff, like that. Yeah, Jeff George. He, that I've watched him a couple other games this year. That guy can't do anything, and he went down the field on Michigan State like it was absolutely nothing that yeah. that game. How do oh, you yeah. choke that bad against Illinois? I mean, just I. It's sure. the point where I can't even believe it anymore when I watch it's them. Just, play. They have no confidence, is what it is. They've yeah. lost all confidence. I feel like they're just ready to get done with the season. They don't seriously. Care and then LJ, they're ready for basketball season. That's for sure. LJ got fumbled and then they had they sat hey, I give the Antonio credit for sitting him that, that's the one like good coaching thing I've seen him do because that Holmes came in and played pretty good and it seems like they yeah. have some talent on that offensive side with you know Price and Shelton and those guys aren't horrible I just I just don't understand they're just like, not getting the job done two and seven unbelievable yep but uh but I, I think it's fair to say that we'll both we will all be paying attention to both of those games yeah. this weekend oh, yeah. um so we're gonna wrap up the show with our spread picks and our stud and dud so our first spread is that Rutgers and Michigan State game that we were just discussing. Rutgers, um, uh, go figure. They're not favored in this game. Uh, Michigan State is favored by 14 points at home. 14? 14. No way. Give me Rutgers. You're going by Rutgers? the way, six of State's seven losses they were favored in. They're yeah, favored in that's six true. or seven games. So it shows that how much true. experts know. I, I'm probably gonna take Michigan State. You're taking Sparty. No way. I do. I, I think I think Michigan State's gonna win this game by at least that many points. I really think Rutgers, guy girl kick a game when you feel. I think I think <laughs> I think Sparty Rutgers will go nuts. Yeah, I think Rutgers is do that the windmill. Bad. I, I think Michigan State's a little bit better than nope. Rutgers. I really do. Nope, I, nope. I am going with Rutgers. I am with Colin on that one. I don't think. I'll try uh, to give him some credit. Look, here. if Michigan State wins, good for them. They finally got a Big Ten win, but it's not yeah. going to be by 14 points. The Fighting Chris Ashes. I the love Fighting it. Chris Ashes are going to come to Spartyville. They're going to ruin awful. Spartans' day. No, I don't think they'll win. I think Michigan State will win. Yeah. It won't be by two touchdowns. Coming up next is Penn State. They are at Indiana. Seven points. Penn State's favored by. They're at Indiana? At Indiana. Penn State's rolling right yeah, now. I'm gonna Penn State. Dude. Yeah, I'm going to take Penn State. They're crazy good right now. I'm, I'm with you guys. Penn yep. State. I got Penn State as well. Auburn is favored by ten points, and they're at Georgia. Auburn. It's at Georgia. Uh, you know, I... I think I'm going to take Auburn. You're going to go I, Auburn? I think I'm going to take Auburn. I, I think they can win by 10 points or more against Georgia. Give me Georgia. Auburn barely beat Vanderbilt that, that this is past true. week. That is so true. That and I, yeah. think, I think Auburn will Auburn's win. Auburn's been Auburn, slipping Georgia's a little bit like a too. That's yeah, a rivalry exa- game, too. I am going with it'll Georgia. Be, be I'm going with Georgia, too. Um, the Big 12 matchup of the week is Baylor at Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is favored by 15.5 points. Oklahoma's favored by 15.5 points? Yes. yes. And they're at home. And they're at home, yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Oklahoma. Taking Oklahoma. Baylor, Baylor, Baylor just get beat by? Uh, they lost to TCU T- last week pretty handily, yeah, too. Yeah, that's why I, I remember seeing something that they got upset pretty bad. Yeah. I, I kind of fell off the Baylor radar after losing a couple weeks here. So, yeah, yeah and I, I'm definitely taking Oklahoma on that one at home. Oklahoma. Boomer sooner. 
I am not going with Oklahoma. I'm going to go with Baylor just because all these big, most of the Big 12 games, not all of them, uh, tend to be very high scoring. They tend to be uh, very close, and they have no defense. Yeah. So I'm going to go That's with true. Baylor. I don't think they'll lose by 15 and a half. I think they will lose. I think it'll be somewhere in the 7 to 10 point ballpark. Uh, finally, we got uh, U of M at Iowa. Typically, I save the CMU games for last, but they're on a bye this week, gotcha. unfortunately, for all of our CMU fans out there. <laughs> but U of M, they're favored by 21. They're at Iowa, as we've uh, mentioned already. Who gets it? Go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking Michigan. I think I honestly think they're going to. After seeing what Penn State did to Iowa last week, I, I think Michigan mm-hmm. can do the same exact thing. Why couldn't Michigan? The way Wilton Spade's playing right now. He's and on he, fire. On the road, I don't have any concerns about him anymore. And I, I just think this Michigan team is so complete. I definitely think they're the second best team in the country. I don't care what yeah. anybody has to say about that. So, yeah, I'm taking Michigan. I told you about Wilton Spade a few weeks ago, and you said you were still worried. You still worried, Vaughn? I think he's no, showing that he's, he's, good. he's pretty damn he good. He is, yeah, he is very he Somehow good. was mobile back there. He's moving around, getting he around. He looks like a ballerina out yeah. there can, on, they on Saturday. Him. They cannot get to him. No. But Michigan dominates everyone. Iowa's trash this year. Michigan will win by probably 35. It is a sweep on this one. I am going with Michigan. Finally, our studs and duds of the week. Andy, who is your stud? Matt Prater. And Colin, who's your stud? Matt Mother and Prater. Yep, we all got Matt Prater as our stud for the week. He went three for three on field goals. He nailed his only extra point. He kicked a 58-yard field goal to send it to overtime, and the rest was history. Get that man a beer. Get that man a beer. The Lions oh, got no. the win, and he is our stud. He's the roundtable stud for the week. I don't know if we've all ever came done in that. You're thinking it. No, oh, yeah. a, kicker of all, a kicker of all. A kicker of all people. It could have been in NHL. We could have picked. We could have picked football, basketball, whatever. I mean, but it was all Matt Prater. He had a 47-yard and a 53-yard in that game, too. So, I mean, they're all, all pretty long distance. Didn't miss one of them, I, no doubt in my mind. Needless to say that he is a stud, at least for this week. Um, who is your dud, Andy? Sorry, Chippewas. I'm going with you guys. Central Michigan football <laughs> team. I'm, I'm going against them. They've really been a disappointment to me. They've lost the past three weeks now. And, I mean, two of those losses, one came against Kent State, who's only 3-6, and six, and that's a game they definitely should have won. Then we will be lose on a game-winning field goal from Kent State. I think it was 27-24. Yeah, was that the one at home? Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep, and, they, and then this past week against Miami, Ohio, they are playing decent in MAC. I think they're. I think all their wins are in the MAC. I think they're four and two, but they are four and six overall. I, I expected Central to bounce back and play better than they did. They didn't, and it looks like we're not going to make a bowl game now with our upcoming competition. Or at least it's going to be really close. So, it is going to be close. Uh, and after starting the way that Central did, everybody's thinking, oh, we could be ranked and everything else. And then after the whole Western Michigan blowout, and I, I'm just disappointed in them overall. And as a and just being five and five right now, I think's pathetic. So Central Michigan, that's my dud. Colin, Football. after uh, after that fire hot take, <laughs> who is uh, who's your dud? My dud is Chris Boswell, the kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, that onside kick <laughs> was the worst kick ever. It reminded me of when you when you take your kid to their first Pee Wee soccer game and they're not quite sure how to kick the ball yet. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Oh my awful. good lord, it, it was bad. What Did, was he thinking? Uh, Great yeah, dunk. it was very. He he perfected <coughs> it pretty well in college. Um, 
if you, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go YouTube it, go Google search it, go do whatever to find this because it's pretty comical. Um, I'm sure you can find it on ESPN. He as tries well. to like rev- he tries to like fake it. Like he fakes one leg and he goes he he fakes about the right and goes to his left. He like crosses his <laughs> and he legs. Kicks the, he kicks it the ball in between both legs and it just stops right there. And then and so then the ball literally goes one foot. And then after that, he ended up booting it down and he the just field kicks it out too. Of frustration he was like, field. oh crap, and then he just kicked it. So. Never in my life ever seen anything like that. Not even in high school football. No. No, that's the worst onside kick attempt that I've ever seen. Probably the worst just kick in general yeah. that I've no, ever he'll seen. He'll never live that down. Yeah, my dud's Mike Tomlin, first of all, for attempting that onside kick. Um, I, I, like I said, Boswell did that pretty well in college at Rice. You can go Google search that, too. It was, it was done pretty well. I'll give him credit for that, but uh, this week, not so much. But Mike Tomlin came out and said that he would be willing to give it another try as well. Um, after such a fail of a kick, why would you want to go try that again? I know, again, Boswell did it in the past. He did it well this past week. Probably uh, probably took some uh, mental damage for that. Yeah, just for, very true. Just for creating a uh, an awful play late in the game when they needed it. He wasn't able to do it. I don't think he would be very confident in doing that again. So would you, what do you guys, if you guys were Steelers fans, would you want them to do that again? No, absolutely not. No, yeah, kickers are all mental. I, I mean, well, yeah. Look at Blair I Walsh. Say, yeah, I say, exactly. I say oh, cut yeah. his legs and get someone new. He missed cut extra his, point yeah, this weekend. Get, <laughs> cut his legs, huh? Yep. That's what you would do. Go sign. Uh, I, I think Nate Freeze is, is open nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well oh, did you Lord. see Randy Moss on Monday Night Football? He kicked that field goal. Yeah, he signed Randy Moss. Seriously, oh, he's oh, athletic Randy. enough. He was, he was, he was catching sign, fish. Sign too, Andy. Fish with one hand. Sign, I want I, them to sign Andy. I, his Andy, name is. His I name have was, a boo. Oh. I, I, I covered a soccer team. I mean, I've never covered the CMU women's soccer team. He's just as qualified as anyone. (laughs) Yeah, and you cover football. A I did bit. soccer for a little I mean, bit too, so, so I, I got both. Granted, Look, Von, okay, Colin's the better option here. Von's definitely the better writer, but I'm definitely the better soccer player myself. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. I, you I, got I, me beat on the pitch for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that's going to do it for Unsportsmanlike Conduct today. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.